Welcome to the show. I'm hey, Dr. Thanks. Corey Allen. Yeah, it's good to see you again here. Yeah, That's good my to wife see you. Pam speaking, by the way. <laughs> uh, where if you're new to the show, welcome to the nation. Anybody that listens to the show is a part of the nation. Mm-hmm. And what we're trying to do is have straightforward conversations that help enhance marriage in mm-hmm. all facets of it. Mm-hmm. And so we've had an influx of people over 2023. I mean, I think well, if I look, I was been been doing some deep dive on the stats. Okay. Uh, over the years, because we're 12 years in to this show. And uh, there's ebbs and flows, as with natural, as far as audience, where they're coming from. You know, it seems like we have a, a steady base of regular listeners. Yeah. And then the other section of listeners uh, evolve. They come and go with the they hurts. Co- they come and go. Right. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, when life hurts, they reach out for help. They absolutely do. And so, uh, if you're new to the show, just a quick heads up, I've been sending information out uh, via email and on the platform and on, uh, our website as a blog about there's a change coming and we want to at least let everybody know. Yes, there is. Um, because, uh, up until 2023, we were sexy marriage radio Mm -hmm. and we made the shift to go to passionately married to help widen the lane uh, address some other things that we wanted to talk about as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we've noticed, uh, this is one of the things, the phrases I came across just this year of uh, when you make a decision, a lot of times people think of it's either it's right or wrong, mm-hmm. right? I like the idea of it's right or you're learning something. And ha- are we right or have we learned something? I think we learned something. <laughs> uh, I, I learned something that the edginess of Sexy Marriage Radio. In a title. In a yeah. title. And even our our hook uh-huh. with that um, really helped define us, and it, it really aligns with us. Mm-hmm. And so, to that end, we are switching back to Sexy Marriage Radio. Well, SMR just flies off my tongue a lot quicker yeah, than PM <laughs> or <laughs> right. PMP. Uh, but but it, that this will be coming in the coming weeks. I like, love the Sexy Marriage Radio name. It'll take a little okay. bit to get all of the logistics squared away and move to the website. You know, we'll have to we'll have to do some behind the scenes things. But to those of you that are listening, all you have to do is just keep tuning in. It'll <laughs> keep coming to you. Everything. The only thing that will happen to you that'll be noticeable is once we make the move and I transfer the actual feed of the podcast, it'll repopulate your podcast players. So you'll have stuff already downloaded and it'll re-download. And so that's all it's going to mean. It'll make it look like there's some new shows, but we will still continue to follow the same thread of every Wednesday is a new episode um, where we still believe and have believed all the way through that the best sex is in the marriage bed, um, that the best marriages are defined by those who recover well, mm-hmm. and the healthiest people are in good marriages. I think that just there's wins all the way around with this. And so what we want to do is speak to married people so that we all benefit and thrive in our relationships in all facets of our relationship. And so just giving you a heads up that that's coming. Perfect. Uh, but today on the show, um, while, while we're still doing passionately married, cause we will still be doing the show until the change happens, which I don't have a date yet. Uh, but today, coming up on the regular version, is Bill Nelson, who is a certified financial planner and a certified financial therapist. That was a new one. Yeah, I'd never heard of that I didn't before. Know about I it. love it. I love the idea of blending the mental health world with the financial world with a little more training. 
I do too. I'm telling you, I sit across from, uh, I mean, as a CPA and people coming into me with their taxes, I see husbands and wives all the time that are running businesses together. And so many times I want to say, here's my husband's card. <laughs> Right. And I try and glean what I know from you, not to counsel them. No. That's not my job at all, but just to have empathy sitting yeah. across the table yeah. from them and try in my mind, I'm saying, okay, there's a deeper meaning behind this here. Yeah. And how can I better help with them with this? And, and it's so funny. So I love that there's people out there that are certified financial therapists. Right. It's pretty cool. And if you haven't, if you've been around uh, the podcast for a while, uh, Pam's charged about this episode because this is her wheelhouse. <laughs> like, wow, I have all kinds of things to say, but I'll, I'll, I'll tone it. I'll tone it. Because we're talking about marriage and money in the regular version with Bill Nelson. Uh, and it's, it's such a vital component of all life mm -hmm. uh, and for couples and for families and for legacies and on and on it goes. And right. so his work is really good on just helping frame the dynamic on this particular topic that plays out in marriage. And we say high desire, low desire and everything. Mm -hmm. Clearly, you can tell by my tone, I'm the high desire on this one. Uh, if we're talking about money or we're talking about varieties of food, Pam's got the lead on that guy. Gotcha. So, and on the extended content today, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads, you can subscribe at passionatelymarried.net forward slash academy. Um, we're going to go deeper, just Pam and I, and talk about uh, the takeaway, because obviously in the interview, Pam was not as part of the the conversation that I recorded with Bill. And so she and I are going to dive into her wheelhouse and how this struck her. I'll add my flares. And that's where we're heading in the extended content. So all that's coming up right after this. Pam, as you well know, the holiday season uh creates another level of busyness sometimes for families, for couples, for people. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that often can impact us uh, and, and me is how do I handle uh, mealtimes? Right. Cause I might be, I'm looking for nutritious, convenient meals sometimes, right? Cause we got a lot going on and we're passing here, go there and come back. Well, factor is America's number one ready to eat meal delivery service. And it can help you fuel up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, chef dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. Save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all your holiday to-dos. So if this holiday you find yourself too busy to cook or to even plan, well, how do you make sure you're eating well? Well, Factor. Factor's got you covered. I love these. These are perfect because I'm spending a lot of time cooking for other things right now, and these are what I really easy in the morning, grab and take for lunch. And it's fresh chicken. It's never been frozen or whatever it is I'm eating that day. Um, but like I, this last week, one of them I had was the chicken with spinach and artichoke. Oh, it was so good, but it, it's simple and easy. I love just grabbing it and going. Well, you're so right, Pam, because factor makes it easy and it's good. Mm -hmm. It's real good. I mm -hmm. mean, our kids loved it. We've loved it. And they, you get the smoothies, especially more than the kids just love. meals. They have mm -hmm. a whole bunch of options you can add to your your monthly menu. So head to factormeals.com slash passion50 and use our code passion50 and you get 50% off. That's passion50 at factormeals.com slash passion50 to get 50% off this holiday season. You won't regret it. Well, uh, there are lots of different main issues that we face in married life, um, you know, sex, family. 
children, and then we've got that nasty old topic of money that can happen in our in our marriages that a lot of people fight about. And so, Bill Nelson uh, is joining me as a certified financial planner and a certified financial therapist, which is one I've never heard of before. And so, we were talking just prior to, uh, which you're you're saying it just has blended the mental health field and the money field with a little bit of a different uniqueness, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, I think about, about a decade ago, a group of financial planners got and people in the mental health space got together and realized that, you know, financial planners are not really good about talking to with people about the emotional side of money. And mental health practitioners are often not very comfortable talking about money with people because let's face it, very few people are comfortable talking about money. Right. And so a group of people got right. together and um, you know, created some curriculums and things to help people in both fields navigate those conversations in a way that, um, and that's, works. that's so vital because uh, I have the phrase bill that, uh, we don't fight about things. We fight about the meanings attached to things. Mm -hmm. And if you talk about something that is loaded with meaning, it's money. You better believe it. That's <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so since you've been doing this as your profession for a while now, uh, what are some of the main things you come across that just regularly trips up couples, you know, trips up people in marriage, uh, even even those that are further into it? Because it seems like this is something, I mean, Pam and I are 30 years mm -hmm. in and we can still have, I mean, even just last night we had a, hey, we need to talk about this aspect of how money is leaving our home versus coming in our home. You know, there's, there's still this, this tension mm -hmm. that can come about it. So what do you keep seeing? Yeah. Um, it's a great question. So th there's a few different things, right? Oftentimes when we think about money fights in marriage, the stereotypical one that everybody brings up is actually well, what I think you just were alluding to, which is spending versus saving fights, right? There is a growing mm -hmm. body of research out there that shows that we tend to attract our financial opposites. So, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, so for, I mean, first and foremost, if you are fighting about money in that way, the first thing to know is it's really normal, right? More people fight about saving and spending decisions than don't fight about it. Right. Um, but the thing is, like, oftentimes when I, the more I have conversations with couples about money, the the more I find that there's there's different types of money fights that can blend in, right? That that, that come from different sources, right? Oftentimes, one member of the couple is much more inclined to be hands on with the money and want to manage everything and move the money around. And sometimes they're really good about looping their spouse in with what's going on, and sometimes they're not so good about it. Mm -hmm. um, one of the most common ones that I see that I, I think is the least understood. Among with the, with the conversations that I've had has to do with um, differences between valuing financial security versus financial freedom, right? Um, how much risk do you feel comfortable taking, right? If you save $500 this month, right, what do you want to do with it, right? Um, oftentimes, right. one person likes that feeling of security of either paying down debt or having the extra $500 sitting in their bank account where it's sitting nice and, nice and safe, earning a little bit of interest. And oftentimes, the other spouse might want to wheel and deal with it a little bit, right? Put it into the market, try mm -hmm. to make it grow. And, and that tension, um, I find is, is more and more, the more I look for that, those types of differences among couples, the more common I'm finding them to be. Okay. And that's, and that's interesting because I think even within those degrees, if you will, aren't there probably variances in those degrees, even more in the sense of, you know, cause if you, if you wrap up, or, or sum up Pam and I's journey, we would fit that category likely mm -hmm. of uh, it has meant security for her, but it's not necessarily just uh, immediate security. It's also long-term mm -hmm. because we were, you know, being Gen Xers, we're raised in that whole, you can't count on social security. You better make it on, on your own. Mm -hmm. 
set up your own scenario, self-sufficiency, whatever it might be. And so she's had that thought process, I think, as an arc to the entirety of our marriage. I've had the thought process of money is a means to go do and get things. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, reverse that, to get things and do mm-hmm. things, because I, I will act, absolutely go get things. <laughs> I mean, I'm shiny, shiny guy. Um, so, so it's, it's, there's this tension that, t- that plays out. And what we've noticed is even as we are aligning better, there's still an element of nuance within mm-hmm. those categories. We still fight that come up. Absolutely. Right. Because with all of those types of differences, right, that we're talking about, it's not that one person is right or wrong. Um, it's that you need both of all of these things. But the question is, how, in what order, what are we focusing on right now mm-hmm. versus what are we focusing on later on down the road, right? Spoiler alert, you need to be spending some money over the course of your life. And you also need to be saving some money, right? Both both mm-hmm. people are right. Um, and, you know, I find that oftentimes right, couples will be inclined to gravitate toward one extreme or the other, right? Unless they have some sort of process in place for, for you know, putting some boundaries around those things. But, but yeah, they, it's a very common problem to have with all of those different areas, right? You, you, from the security standpoint, like you need to have some money in the bank account before you start doing a lot of investing, right? If, if, you're, mm-hmm. if you're investing without some sort of financial foundation built for your family, um, you, you, the second something goes wrong, everything's going to come crumbling, come crumbling down like a house of cards. But, right. but at the same time, you know, for I, I often am talking people into doing more investing who have seen some bad things in the stock market happen in the past. And the reality is, right, if, if you're younger than, let's say, 60, the, the biggest financial risk from my perspective that you're going to face in your lifetime has nothing to do with the stock market. It's inflation, right? How much more expensive stuff is going to be 40 years from now? And the right. reality is that without some investing component, right, you, you're not going to have a way to deal with that. Right. Unless you, unless you just continue working Correct. and have something that's continually growing uh, as far as the income Correct. that you're making. And that's what's going to keep it, keep, keep you above the curve. If yeah, you that's right. <laughs> okay. And so, so you alluded to this idea of having the conversations and having some boundaries surrounding it, because what is it that makes it so difficult for a couple then when we are trying to get into meanings that I can easily take the stance of, but my meaning is mm-hmm. right. Yeah, it's a really good question. And I think without some sort of North Star, so to speak, to guide your financial decision making, it can be really hard to get out of that perspective. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I I often encourage couples to think about money conversations like like they're behind the wheel of a car. Um, If you spend too much time looking backward in the rearview mirror while you're driving your car on the road ahead that's how problems happen, right? And oftentimes money mm-hmm. fights are grounded in either what's happened in the past and where we've come from and differences with how we were raised and things like that. Um, and, and likewise, if you spend too much time looking inside the car at the dashboard and the passenger seat, right, that's also how bad things happen. What we want to be doing is, we want, you know, it's important to look at the dashboard of a car, right? There's important information mm-hmm. there. You should be looking at it from time to time. The rear view mirror is in the car for a reason, right? You want to be looking backwards periodically as you're driving, but most of your time should be spent looking at the road ahead, right? Where do we want your money to take you down the road? Because oftentimes when I, when I have conversations with couples, the vision for what we want our money to do for us in the long run usually is either the same or very similar. Right. It, it, but it's when we back that into 
what the credit card looks like today and what the bank account balance looks like today. It's when we kind of move from where we want our money to take us to where we are today that, that problems can pop up. And is that and is that because a lot of times uh, we can get caught up in the scenario of, yeah, we have the same vision, but the culmination of that vision is 20, 30, 40 years away. Mm-hmm. So the $500 I want to spend right now when that's still way off in the distance, isn't as consequential in my mind as it may be theirs because no, but that exponentially, if we put that $500 to work for us Mm -hmm. right now, exponentially, it becomes, you know, $10,000 in 40 years or whatever. And it's, and it's all those things that get so uh, tricky because we get caught in all the different aspects of your car, like you're describing Mm -hmm. and, and just focus on one too much. Yeah. I think it's definitely part, Partly that um, fi- delayed gratification in the financial planning world is um, a, a reality sometimes, unfortunately, and, mm-hmm. and that can be can be hard to inspire people to take immediate action today. But uh, I mean, oftentimes it just has to do with our our money backgrounds and, and money values as well, right? If a, if, okay. if two people have come together and they're envisioning living their lives together, right? O- oftentimes that future vision is is similar right that's what brought them together in the first place or at the very least that's what Mm -hmm. kept them together going forward but most of the time our money backgrounds are very different Um, and so as a result the way that we view money often is really different from the way our spouse views money the um to give you a a, a kind of extreme example of this um a, a few years ago i was working with a couple who i mean they were good matches for each other they they wanted the same things like they had a good marriage but the the husband was grew up in a country that experienced, I'm not going to, I'm not going to name the specific country, but a a country that very famously experienced hyperinflation right after the cold war. Um, when, when, when he was growing up, he was about 30 years old and in the, in the present day the he was the one managing all the bank accounts and it was driving the wife nuts because he wouldn't leave any money in the checking account, literally like the paycheck would come in and he had no problem spending a bunch of money, right? It wasn't that he was just saving everything, but anything that wasn't saved immediately went and was invested elsewhere, right? Bare bones, emergency fund, no cash on hand. And and they were overdrafting their checking account, not because they didn't have the money, but because like he didn't, because they're playing a game with it a different way. Cause that's what he always had to do to keep it hidden or not, you know, so it's not accessible from other sources. And, and in kind of going through the the conversation with him, what we realized was, you know, when he was growing up watching his parents make financial decisions in a hyperinflationary environment, money that sat in the bank account today was worthless a month from now, Mm -hmm. right? Because stuff was just Mm -hmm. so much more expensive. And so what, what he internalized from that was, if I have money today, I'm going to spend it today. Like I, I'm not going to be afraid to spend a bunch of money because we don't know what stuff is going to cost tomorrow. And anything that's not saved needs to be invested. And um, now, was that a right or wrong perspective? I mean, I, we had some conversations about what we can expect the the U.S. economy to be to look like, and being that extreme with the way that we're managing our money might not be necessary in today's world. Right. But but at the very least, having that conversation helped the wife understand where he was coming from. Right. It, it wasn't right. It gives, that you, it was, gives you the, yeah, it, it, the foundation of the story. Exactly. Right? It's not like it's justifying it, but it is a good reason. Exactly. And so w- once we kind of got to the understanding of how the, their views on money, like where they came from and how they're manifesting today, then we were able to kind of help them navigate those things. 
Okay, because again, this is just one of those things that I just hear uh, one of my professors in uh, grad school did a little segment on this subject, and he made a comment that one of the things he would tell his clients to go do, I'm curious your thought of this, Bill. Oh, great, is, I'm ready. Uh, go home and get some cash, you know, get, get some, not a substantial amount, but whatever cash you may have on mm-hmm. hand, that it's actually more than just like $5, or, you know, but and fan it out like a deck of cards in your hand and have a conversation with it. Hmm. Like actually talk to the money because it was trying to recognize it. There's more to it than just the actual bill mm-hmm. or the paper or, you know, there's a, cause it's a whole lot more involved. Mm-hmm. And it's, and I think he's pointing at some of what you're describing is this is the meanings and the story that we attach to this item as it pertains to our life, because it is an inevitability. We have to have it. It is a part of life. Mm-hmm. You know, every civilization has some sort of currency of something mm-hmm. where we put value on it. But what we don't realize is it's more than just whatever the denoted value is. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm definitely going to try that exercise. So I, I'm, I'll, I'll report <laughs> back on how that goes. But okay. the, 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 <laughs> if you don't want to go to the bank and take out a big wad of bills to start talking to it, um, what what I what I challenge you to do instead is because I'm gonna, I'm totally going to do that, but I understand why some people might no, not. I got you. Um, why is money important to you? All right, ask yourself that question, and if you like, if you mm-hmm. pause the episode and answer it, and then tune back in. A ninety eight percent of the time, when I ask a couple, "Why is money important to you?" to get back to what we were talking about before, one person will say freedom, and one person will say security, or a synonym for mm-hmm. for those for those words. Mm-hmm. Um, and those words are meaningless. I want to know more than that. Like what, what does freedom mean to you, right? If we could snap our fingers and deliver all the freedom you needed today, right? what would that look like? How would things change? What would you do? And, and right. go deeper and deeper and deeper like that. Um, and that when you know, you, you'll know when you get to the point where you're ready to stop poking and kind of going further down the rabbit hole, when you get to a kind of a pretty powerful statement that, you know, we go from money to this bigger, deeper thing. Right, right. Because then you're talking about, because this is what, uh, you're familiar with the book, Psychology of Money? Yeah, yes. Yeah, th- that's a fantastic yes, read. If anybody's listening in the nation hasn't read it, uh, that, that would be the one I recommend most as a therapist when money comes up as part of the process. Yeah, it's a great book. Uh, hey, you one of the ones to start with is there, and then get with people that, that live in that world more, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yourself. Um, but I loved his his definition when you're talking about wealth. Mm-hmm. Versus rich, because even those terms have different 100%, yeah. values. And Pam and I have adopted that mon- mi- the mindset of wealth, meaning we can do uh, what's the phrase that we can do whatever we want as long as we want, uh, you know, as often as we love, want or whatever it might be. It. Where it's because it's not like this whole we have to hit X number of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's like wait, what's our lifestyle? Because that's where it comes into so many different factors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Because even if you think about the stuff I heard the other day of. Uh, if you make over $54,000 a year worldwide, you are in the top 1%, yeah. which, okay, that can be leveraged in all kinds of political ways, whatever kind of stance you want to yeah. take, whatever, you know, whatever agenda you've mm-hmm. got, you can use that stat because it doesn't factor what's the cost of living, Cor- what's inflation. Co- context is <laughs> what's everything. everything. Yes, yeah, so that, that is exactly yeah, right. Yeah, situational matters mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. And so if you can recognize just – I think that's what you're that's what you're getting at. And that's the role you play a lot is how do you help people navigate through what you're really fighting about isn't what you think you're fighting about. Money is a 
vehicle in which fights manifest that are about something deeper or, 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 right. or about which, something that you're missing, right? It, it, it's very rarely just about the money. Well, and that's the same kind of concept that with, uh, with the 12, year, 12 years we've been doing this show on the whole concept of sex. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. It's, you're not fighting about the act of sex as often as you might think you are. You're, you're fighting about something a lot Agreed. deeper. Agreed. Okay. So are there some things – I'm just curious because this is one of the stuff that Pam comes across. Are there some things you get out there in the social media world that are, are just myths? You know, the, the TikTok tax advice is what Pam calls it. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the TikTok uh, financial planning oh, advice you, that you get clients come in and say, hey, Bill, we want to do this. And you're like, what are you talking yeah, about? I, I have I'm very fortunate to have trained my clients to stay off TikTok for financial <laughs> advice, which has worked very well for okay. me. Um, I, I, there are a few things, though, that have, have come up in, in recent years. Um, the life insurance space in particular is filled with all sorts of gimmicky ways that people position life insurance products in a way that makes them sound right. like things that they're not, which are life insurance products, right? The goal of life insurance is to not use it, right? The right. life insurance is something that you want to have and many people need to have, but you don't want to use. So, right. and so if, if you find yourself being pitched or having, or talking about life insurance in a way that it's going to do all these magical things and generate tax-free income for you and, I mean, odds are you're paying 10 to 20 times more for life insurance than you actually need to. And you are trying to use something that should not be used unless there is a emergency. Right. Right. So, yeah, I, that's, it, it, it is so interesting because you have to realize, you know, this in this one of those things where everybody's got an agenda mm-hmm. and some of them aren't helpful yeah. and clean and good. A hundred percent. The financial planning world has a very well-earned reputation for... Uh, being kind of in the same ballpark as Congress and used car salesmen in terms of favorability ratings out there. Um, <laughs> that's, that's not good company. It's not good company. <laughs> and, and it's no small reason why I decided to go out on my own back in the day is because I, I was, I started in the company in a major, in the industry at a major company and stayed there long enough to know that I liked working with these kinds of um, questions, but mm-hmm. wanted to do it my own way. So. Oh, no, I totally get it. I mean, that's that whole idea because this is this is the same kind of thing where we have a lot of an overlap when you can really get in close with people mm-hmm. and you see the impact. You know, that's that second paycheck. That, that's what Pam, that's a phrase she uses too. If you know you're really helping somebody for the long run and then also generationally, mm-hmm. when, when you give somebody some you know, peace of mind, some hope, a strategy, a plan, you know, somebody that helps weather a storm, all of that, knowing I'm not alone when the stock market makes, takes the inevitable correction or some gamble I had didn't yeah. pay off. I mean, I got, I got heavy into crypto. I'll own mm-hmm. it. And it was horrible. And now it's like, yep. Uh, but uh, Pam wasn't totally after me on that. She's <laughs> like, okay, really wish it would have gone differently, yeah. but okay. You know what the interesting thing about crypto is if, if I was to, if I was to map out the past six or seven years and um, put an on a timeline, so to speak, right. And put an X on the timeline whenever anybody asked me about investing in crypto um, and left a blank space where I wasn't having those conversations, the, the, and you put the graph of Bitcoin's price on top of that. Mm -hmm. Nobody asked me about Bitcoin when it's doing terribly, right. Mm -hmm. Everybody asked me about it when it's at the top of the kind of most recent valuation of it. And 
we know from an investing standpoint, the goal is to buy things when they're low. Right. So the worst time to get in. Exactly. And, and yet the way that, I mean, I, I don't know, I'm I'm not going to blame this all on TikTok, but really just the financial media in general, right? The way that we talk about making investing decisions, right? We're not looking at what has a good long-term potential, but maybe hasn't done so lately. We're looking at what the hot thing is today. And the reality is by the time you get in the hot thing that that we're we're dealing with today, um, sometimes, not not always, but sometimes it's Right, but you've probably missed it at that point. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. <laughs> right. Because, yeah, the people that, that caught it early on, fantastic mm-hmm. for them. But, man, that, that's the same thing with the people that caught Amazon early on or Tesla early on. You know, whatever it might have been. It's like, yeah, I don't see it. But some people did, and they got a payoff for that. Yeah, uh, 100%. Right. There, there is a difference between taking investing risk and speculating. And, right. Um, that's, the, a good the, distinct, that's a good distinction. And th- there is nothing wrong with doing a little speculating as long as you're in a position to do so and you understand that it's speculating. And it's also one of those like you're describing. It's It has a bigger meaning involved rather than it's the get rich quick Bingo. that we all can fall victim to so easily. That this will satisfy all my ills, yeah. right? And, that if I can just attain this, yeah. that'll satisfy and, and And sometimes, right, uh, um, particularly for people who are really inclined to want to be hands-on and you know, try, try to make some moves to, to make their money grow, right? I, I Sometimes I find if we create a little sandbox and we put – thousand dollars five thousand dollars in it and say okay like, we'll mm-hmm. deal on this account as, as much as you want if it goes to zero like if you completely mess up the strategy here like it's it's not going to make or right. break us right oftentimes i find like if we kind of set that system up then yep. that person is much more likely to want to lean in and and, and make yeah. the rest of their money work toward those deep oh absolutely values. i mean we have friends that do the same kind of thing with casinos yep Right. That that's one of the, the it's, a, it's an inter, it's an evening of entertainment is the way they look yeah. at it. And they have a set Bingo. amount that they're willing to risk. And once that's gone, it's gone. And if they make more than that, they pay them. You know, they pull out what they put in yeah. and they're, they're just playing with house money yeah. and it becomes 100%. an enjoyable and, and, entertainment. Yeah. And on the flip side, I, I do a lot of work with couples who are trying to figure out whether they should combine money, how much they should combine, things like that. And I had a case where a, a woman that I was meeting with had a, a marriage, had a, a best friend whose marriage failed. The wife, the, the husband drained the accounts and left with everything. And, and she said, look, I, I'm not comfortable combining everything, right? I am willing to combine mm-hmm. most things, but I need to have my $20,000 separate savings account just in case. And if I have that, I'm willing to lean in and like combine everything else and, we said, okay, great. Like that, that is what you need to be mm-hmm. able to, to like, use the rest of your resources to work toward your family's goals in the context of their situation. That was, that was a, a reasonable amount to set aside. And so we did it. And the, the end result was really good. Yeah. And because that's talking about the deeper meanings, hundred percent. that's talking about what is it that helps me still hold on to the value I have ascribed to this particular aspect of my life. Mm-hmm. And then I can have some more freedom or comfort or whatever in the other areas where it's not in line completely with what I like, but I'm okay. hundred percent. Well, man, thank you so much for uh, walking alongside couples with this bill. So how can people find you when they want, if they want a little bit more information? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm not on TikTok as of today anyway. Um, I am on Instagram. (laughs) Uh, My company is Pace Setter Planning. So it's at Pace Setter Planning. On Instagram, um, paysetterplanning.com, I'm there as well. I published a book last year called Marriage Centered Money, Get on the Same Financial Page and Achieve Your Life Goals Together. 
um, which is the it's marriage centered money because it's the exact opposite of money centered marriage is the way I like to think about right. that. Um, and you can get that at marriagecenteredmoney.com as well. Perfect. Well, man, thank you so much for just, I mean, we need people in the world that walk alongside people with these hot button trigger laden issues mm-hmm. and money is definitely one. Of yes, them. it is. And thank you for, for talking about all the stuff that you talk about on here as well. I, um, I came when I was writing my book, I came across a study that, um, it was from, I think somewhere in London that, um, they, they, um, surveyed 15,000 people and, and asked them to like questions on the street about their details about their sex life and details about their salary. And they found that, um, people were seven times more likely to answer the questions about their sex life than their salary, which was mind blowing to me. <laughs> so, <Interesting. laughs> but, but there's, there's something about those two topics. We just, we haven't gotten uh, uh, comfortable talking yeah, about it, in a productive way I find. And so, yeah, it is one of those things that's kind of uh, historically been one of those secret things. Mm-hmm. It's this, it's this under underground aspect of life that I can't bring it to the surface, but it's almost like when you do, it, there's a different level of freedom that comes along. hundred percent. Completely agree. I mean, so, so much about the way we talk about uh, money and marriage is in the negative, right? Money is one of the leading causes yeah. of arguments and things. But my, my whole premise of the work that I do is that it doesn't have to be that way, right? If we flip yeah. it around and we, we learn how to manage money effectively together, how to talk about money effectively together, it can actually make your marriage stronger. Yeah, because it's it, it's hopefully not going anywhere. That's right. So that's right. <laughs> other than up in the long run, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, Bill, thanks so much, man, and all the best on the work. Yeah, all thanks right? for having me. I was thinking through um, the history of the show and trying to. I don't. We've touched on the topic of money, but we've never done an in depth. Let's specifically talk about money. If yeah. I'm remembering correctly, not that I, not that I recall. I that. think it's been alluded to just because you talk, talk about the major stressors that marriages face money, sex, children, in laws. Yeah. There's your four Yeah, that are the primaries. And those, those are in ver- all kinds of different orders depending on your stage of life. Yeah. <laughs> right? Some, it, the hierarchy shifts and adjusts depending on where your things are. But what, what stands out to me from this whole conversation with Bill and then from ours with the extended content is. It's not the thing, it's the meaning attached to the thing. Mm-hmm. And the more we can start to recognize that, and I'll say, I'm speaking for myself too, on the stuff that's frustrating in my life right now, mm-hmm. um, when I can realize, okay, what's the meaning I'm attaching to these things? What's the impact of it? Mm-hmm. That's, that's where I need to work. The transcripts are available on each of the episode's pages at passionatelymarried.net. You can also find all our advertisers, deals, and discount codes at passionatelymarried.net. So please consider supporting those who help support the show. If we left something undone, we want you to let us know, uh, 214-702-9565 or feedback at passionatelymarried.net. Again, soon to be feedback at sexymarriageradio.com again. But, so however you've taken a little bit of time out to spend with us, thanks. And we'll see you next time.